the Tea Health Show, your medical lifestyle podcast, brought to you by the Tea Clinic. This is the Tea Health Show. I'm Dr. Mark, and um, we are continuing our series on men's health and wellness. And in studio today, as always, my lovely producer, Simpiwe. Morning, Sims. Good morning. And being the man himself, Gareth Cliff. Gareth, good morning. It's great to have you on my show for a chat. Thank you. I'm, I'm just wondering if I stumbled into the studio at the wrong time or if I'm even meant to be here. You sure you're invited? You're inviting me. You know what? Actually, you run out of we, other guests. We didn't invite you. Um, Per se, we forced you to be. Here. I was cornered. I, I made sure that you I was cornered in the, no. in the passage here at the at the studio, and and Doctor Mark said, "Will you come on the show?" And I was, uh, yeah, yeah. And you know, some people, you. usually I'll find some excuse, but I couldn't come up with one quickly enough. Uh, you know what? Thank you. Uh, thankfully, um, <laughs> your co co founder of the show, Reno, who's sitting and I'm sure listening to us, um, was in the room with you. So. I think, uh, with fairness, I think I agreed on this without any uh, need for any interference from any other third party. So we are going to talk about hormone optimization and hormone treatment for men. So Gareth, when you hear the word hormones, what do you think about? Well, let's just be clear from the start. I am no expert in this Exactly. Because, because people are going to be listening to this show going, well, what are you talking to him about? He doesn't know anything about this. When I think about, I mean, I understand a couple of things about this, right? And, and this is very rudimentary biology and, and kind of first year physiology stuff that hormones are an important part of your overall system. It regulates all kinds of body activity. In particular, it has to do with your fertility, your, um, your, 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 your body's ability to respond to certain things, to, uh, create the necessary chemicals in order to deliver important vital processes to the body. And that over time, those hormones become less effective, particularly in women after the menopause and in men once they've kind of passed their peak of breeding age. And I think this is true probably for all other mammals as well. Is that a fair estimation of the situation? I, I couldn't have done it better. Yes. So let's quickly, let's quickly recap what you said. Hormones are chemical messengers. Yes. And they are responsible for every single thing that we do from falling asleep to waking up in the morning. But regulation is an important word. Then. Absolutely. No. Um, it plays a role in Every single system in the body, whether it is your blood pressure, whether it's your insulin, whether it's your uh, energy metabolism, whether it's sexual reproduction, whether it's sexual development, hormones play a role in everything. So I often, when I go on to, uh, when I do talks or I do shows, I ask uh, the question, what do you think about when you hear the word hormones? And the answer is usually women think of hot flushes and menopause and men think of their wives. Or a prostitute making a noise. <laughs> um, why? Hormone. I mean, I can't be the first person to have made that joke with you. I mean, really. I'm slow today. Okay, so. The only ones I know, by the way, are testosterone okay, so in men. Stop there. And estrogen and progesterone in women. If you, if I tell you testosterone, what do you think about? Virility, uh, masculinity, um, strength, strong bones, strong muscles, good reproductive health, the the peak of of kind of physical fitness and 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 vitality. That's what I think of. Of course, that's not necessarily exactly what testosterone does but those are the associations yeah i think most men think or most people when they hear the word testosterone think men and muscles so everything that you said is correct virility bodybuilders yeah that's i think that's what the majority of us think about but testosterone is so much more than that it's responsible for so much more um and i think as one of the hormones that is so undervalued by the majority of us and that's so vilified 
by the medical fraternity, it's something that deserves more discussion. Why, why is it vilified by the medical fraternity? That's interesting because I'm not in it, so I wouldn't know that. So it's always been abused. Ah. So, again, and I think Simpiwe was right in saying this, testosterone conjures up bodybuilders. Um, guys that are aggressive, they're in the gym, blah, blah, blah. And it's all about what they look like, etc., etc. Um, it's, it's true. Testosterone is freely available. You go and stand on the corner outside your gym and you will be offered testosterone by one of the gym junkies. It doesn't took me 40 years to figure out that cocaine was freely available. I, I probably couldn't find testosterone even now. <laughs> so, so you're saying that the doctors are not the only ones that hand this stuff out. You can buy it from just about anyone, completely unqualified people. It's available in what form? I mean, like, how does this happen? So let's start at the beginning. Testosterone is a scheduled product. In other words, it's regulated by the South African Pharmaceutical Board, SAPRA. Uh, a scheduled product can only be prescribed by a qualified medical practitioner and it can only be administered by that practitioner. If a nurse gives you testosterone, it needs to be under the prescription of a medical doctor. So everything that you get outside of a pharmacy via prescription is illegal. Okay, but how did how did these people is it just because, you know, like drugs are illegal too? Yeah. It's exactly yeah. the same. So so there's obviously a demand and the supply is restricted and regulated by law. So people find ways around it and Absolutely. break the law. Is is it a is it a pill? Is it an injectable? Why is it regulated? Why is it scheduled? Is it dangerous? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Remember, it's a hormone. So hormones have effects, side effects. You, you mentioned a little bit earlier about, um, virility, um, healthy reproductive system. Testosterone is one of the hormones responsible for development of secondary male sexual characteristics. It helps us with higher function in the form of libido and sex drive. But mm -hmm. if used incorrectly, it causes infertility and it can be, and after a certain period of time, which is far shorter than guys think, it leads to irreversible infertility through its effect that it has back on the brain. So hormone systems are very complex. They all work with positive reinforcement and negative feedback. So I always use the analogy of um, your testicles, for instance, is a factory that produced testosterone. And you start Very ugly factory. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some factories in industrial areas, and I thought still not as ugly as balls. You know what? Um, just do a bit of manscaping, and they look. No, but they still. I'm sorry. No one's ever said to anyone else in the whole history of humanity, "Nice balls." Ever. I I disagree. I had that compliment. <laughs> oh well. Okay. Well. Were, were they so we by Doctor Mark? Darling, they're still no. nice and tight. <laughs> they're well. not like swinging saloon doors, but <laughs> <laughs> down to your knees. <laughs> okay, so what happens? The I I start injecting testosterone. So think of an analogy: you're producing testosterone, and suddenly the Chinese come and they say, "I'm going to give you testosterone Cheap and cheaper easy. than what you can manufacture." You shut down your factory. Exactly. So your balls stop working. Exactly. Now, so they're not as pretty. What? What? They shrink. Oh, they do. Um, what happens then if it's for long enough 
that factory gets looted, it gets destroyed, and suddenly you stop injecting testosterone. It's like with COVID, the Chinese say, bye, we're out of here. How long does it take you to switch that factory back on, if you can? So not only have you shut down sperm production, but you've irreparably damaged the quality of sperm, the motility, the morphology, etc. And, and your et body's supply of, of regulated testosterone. So yeah. You're now dependent on that injection. Exact exogenous testosterone. I cannot tell you how many guys, especially in their early 30s, walk into my office with emotional disturbances, sexual dysfunction, and broken relationships because of testosterone that they used from their teens into their 20s. They look like brick shithouses. They're gorgeous. But you know what? Nothing, nothing works. works. Yeah, there's no point in having, you know, the factory that's <laughs> producing nothing. So testosterone is a psychoactive hormone. Psychoactive hormones means that they have an effect in the brain. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, testosterone gets produced by the brain for the brain. That's where you start the cascade. It, it involves, it, it involves your hypothalamus, your pituitary gland, your gonads, testicles or ovaries, and that effect is back. Into the what brain. happens to someone, and there must be cases where people are born with an inability to produce testosterone. That's primary hypogonadism. What happens to those people? In other words, if you're a young man, 10, 11, 12, you grow up, go through your teens, your body does not produce enough or any testosterone. What happens to you? You do not develop the secondary male sexual characteristics. So these are the guys that don't have proper hair growth on their faces, on their arms. The um, sexual development is stunted. In other words, the penis doesn't grow, the balls doesn't drop. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a decrease in, in muscle mass for these patients. So basically, they look like young girls. Bill Gates. Well, you know what? I wanted to go to your lady boys that you have. Oh yeah, in, yeah, right. In, Thai lady boys. So, yeah, yeah. You so know, what? a lot so of those, a people lot might, of them have, have this problem. Yeah, okay. they have low levels of of testosterone. So we steer ourselves blind against the physical effects that testosterone will have, but let's look at the effects on other things, um, mental state. Mm -hmm. Testosterone elevates dopamine levels. Now, dopamine is a feel-good hormone. reward system. Um, So, it works incredibly well for improving higher function, like motivation, drive. It has a, a phenomenally important role to play in managing the levels of serotonin. Simply, where do we produce most of the serotonin? I asked you this question before. Have you? The stomach, the gut? Yes. Up to 90% of your serotonin is produced in the gut, and it comes from the effect that testosterone has on your microbiome. So, quick question. Is this why um, I think this is what uh, your bodybuilders, bodybuilders would take before they work out so that – as they're working out, they're able to have more concentration and they're able to focus more and lift more. And no, not, not dopamine and serotonin. Oh, okay. I think you're just thinking of those energy boosters. Okay. Pre-workout. Yeah, they branch okay. chains amino acids, which they think will help them with protein production and muscle growth, okay. which it doesn't. So just to go back to the, the, the dopamine reward system and then the serotonin levels that are, that are also affected by testosterone, so that's the emotion of the emotional and mental part of it. The physical we've already discussed. Are, are there, are there new discoveries being made about what other things testosterone does? And I'm especially interested in what does too much. We've discussed what none or too little does. What does too much do in a man? Okay. So let's go to too much and then we'll go okay. to 
uh, there for newer kinds of stuff. Too much would, one, impact fertility, like we said. It becomes irreversible. And one of the biggest side effects and the more dangerous side effects, it's the actual effect of testosterone. So for testosterone, for instance, produces um, or helps with production of red blood cells. So under testosterone, you start, (laughs) you start making more red blood cells. But if you add more red blood cells to your circulation, you have a higher viscosity in the blood. Could which be high leads blood pressure, could be higher blood pressure, hypertension, could be um, uh, uh, possible clotting, polycythemia, uh, which leads right. to clotting and DVTs. Right. Okay. And this is why organ failure and that kind of thing. This is why guys with high levels of testosterone think about how many bodybuilders, professional heart bodybuilders, attacks. have heart attacks or strokes mm, and kidney stuff as well. Yep. Absolutely. Is that, so, all, is that all red blood cell related? Red blood cell related. So you need to understand that the hormones have effects, not only side effects. So when you start fiddling with these things, you need to understand what they're going to do, not directly only, but further down the line because they all related to one another. So one of the other side effects is, and here you would see this, go and stand in the gym and you would see this. Um, testosterone converts into estrogen. That's the normal pathway. And that estrogen then binds to glandular tissue, specifically in the breast area, uh, man boobs. Man titties. Okay. Right. So, and that becomes irreversible. Okay. So there's a lot of side effects with elevated levels of testosterone unchecked. So this is your show. I'm not interviewing you, but there are a couple of questions here that I have just as a, as a guy, I'm now in my forties. I see a lot of people who are very concerned about their testosterone levels. Is a testosterone level like a blood pressure thing? where there's an ideal, where you know someone is healthy if they have this, if they've got that, they've got high blood pressure. If it's below, it's low blood pressure. How do you know if you have, for your age, because obviously it tails off as you get older. I think everybody understands that. That's natural, normal. Absolutely. But is there a mean, is there an average of what is considered healthy or optimal for a guy at a given age? Is there a chart that we can follow and go, oh, okay, or do we have to go and see a doctor on an individual basis because our bodies are also different? Okay, Gareth, I'm going to answer that question in two folds. The one is my historical take on this. So when I started the tea clinic, when it, we started doing our research, one of the things that we realized was there's no biochemical definition that's universally accepted to tell us what's either high or low testosterone. Now, boom, okay? No one is in agreement around this. So to give you an illustration of that, if I go to two different laboratories, let's say we go to Lancet and we go to Ampath, they will test that your testosterone differently and they will give you different reference ranges. So that's Everywhere in the world we have that problem. So there's not like with cholesterol, there's a standardized reference range between this and this is what's healthy. So that's number one. Number two, there has never been a defined age range. So when we look at the reference ranges that you get from from a lab, whether you're 18 or 80, the reference range stays the same. Which that doesn't make sense. That's, are you telling me that there hasn't been a competent scientist who's actually brought this up for question or written no. a paper? So let me answer that on what is happening currently. So they're writing papers about nonsense like, you know, toenail clippings because there are, there are people with PhDs and, and people in, in science degrees doing these things and no one's done a comparative chart based on age ranges. So they have now, 
I have um, been asked recently to review an article that has been published in Men's Health in the American edition. Yeah. And we write it, we are rewriting that article for the South African market. And it will come out, I think it's being published in Jan or Feb okay. uh, in that issue. And for the first time, there's an estimated age range and average there. But what we need to understand is you cannot just look at that. For someone who's always had low testosterone, he might not fall within that range, but he's perfectly fine. Normal development, normal cardiovascular function, etc., etc. So this is something that is open for interpretation and the way in which you should interpret it is if if you're symptomatic or not. How do you know? Symptoms. Okay, let's look at symptoms. In my practice, I when I go through my consultations with my patients, there's a couple of questions that… About five years ago, I was meant to bring Dr. Mark blood tests. They're still sitting in my… <laughs> In my inbox, I'm like I still haven't sent to the lab. And it's too late now. I can no, I mean this now. is this is ridiculous because <laughs> we met like five years ago, and you said to me, "Go and do these tests, and then come. I'll give you a, a proper readout and explain mm, to you okay. what you need, what you don't need, where you're right, where you're wrong." And I've just been useless. So let's. Is that how you start? Yeah. So let's go through these questions. Mm-hmm. I always ask my patients, um, "Give me an answer." One of the following three. I don't have a problem with that. Things have changed. It's not as good as it needs to be. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if you answer it's it's changed or not as good as it used to be on any of these, think about seeing someone. Okay. So number one, is there a change in your libido? So we need to understand what libido is. Libido refers to Sexual thoughts and fantasy. So if you're not thinking about sex or fantasizing about sex as often or as vividly as you used to, there's a change in your libido. The next one is, tell me about your sex drive. Has your sex drive changed? Now that's the frequency with which you want to initiate or engage in any form of sexual activity, okay. whether that's masturbation or full-on coitus. Right. <clears throat> For guys, morning erections. How many times a week do you wake up with a morning erection? If that number is starting to change, it's you know, Doctor, there's a change. That, is the change good if it increases or if it decreases or if there's just a change in general? If it's change in general, if it increases, we're okay. Okay. If it decreases, what I, what we've said before is it's not only an indication, erectile dysfunction or changes in erection is not only an indication of a change in testosterone. It can be the first sign of cardiovascular disease or depression. Depression I, or a relationship I, 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 that's yeah, failing. Of course. I've got friends who've complained about that because they're just not in love anymore or because they've hit a really bad patch at work and money is a massive concern. Yep. So they're not able to perform. Yeah. Um, maybe they're also on medication. Medication. And here also. we are looking and Gareth, I'm glad that you said that because the next questions that I ask will fill in, in with that. Yeah. Medication is a big one, especially hypertensive medication and your um, antidepressants, etc., etc. Yeah, I mean hypertensive stuff, obviously, because the the erection function is a blood function, absolutely, and a blood pressure one at that. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is why a decrease in erectile function is often the first sign of cardiovascular disease. Simply, we must get him on our show. <laughs> this guy's good. Huh? So <laughs> then, then the next one is: Are we still having spontaneous erections or not? And what is the quality of your erection? If the quality of your erection was an eight or a nine, and it's suddenly sitting at a five or a six, I'll just kill myself. Issue. I'll just kill myself if that happens. I didn't even know those quality erections. Oh, oh Simpira, you haven't—you have not been out there enough. 
It's all about how turned so on innocent. you are or how she's, so she's many so you are. She's so sweet and innocent, Arsene Pewitt. No, 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 no. No. I can tell you <laughs> stories about joking. About. <laughs> so, all right. Besides these questions, which I think most guys will have if they're honest with themselves, and there's no reason to lie about this stuff when you're talking yeah. to your doctor. Because if, you, if you're going to lie to your doctor, you're probably lying to yourself, and then you've got ma- major problems psychologically. Besides those things, I've heard, and again, I'm speaking now from hearsay alone, because I've only ever spoken to you about this stuff, and I've never even followed through on the blood test. So it's, that's my fault, and it's stupid of me. But everyone else I've ever spoken to about these things, hormone replacement therapy in women, um, in guys, testosterone. I mean, it's called the T clinic because the T's for testosterone, right? Mm. Okay, so guys come to you because they need a boost. And those boosts have other advantages. Absolutely. There are so other things. So let's not talk. So let's say I, and in this case, I'm quite happy to say all these things that you've asked now, no problems. Okay. So I'm happy on that front. Let's but, go on. But what else can I get if I come to you now and I, I want to be as optimal as possible? Let's say I want to have more energy. Let's say I want to have uh, better muscle recovery and I want to have more dynamism in my psychology. I need to, have, I need to wake up a little bit. I, I get rid of this fog or something. So, this is what people tell me works. So you ask all the right questions. So the rest of the consultation goes and we'll go through it quickly. Mental health. Okay. okay. Moods. Are we having mood swings? In other words, small things change your mood. Heightened sense of irritability. The ones I look out for are changes in levels of anxiety. And all of us have had changes in anxiety levels from because of what's happening around us in the world. Sure. And that has an, a, a, a role through our cortisol levels, okay, which is linked to testosterone. Depression. And then we go over to higher function. Now, these are the things that you're referring to. Is there a change in concentration? Are you finding it more difficult to concentrate? Is it more difficult to keep your focus? Are you as motivated as you should be or can be? Is there a change in drive? Very importantly, we start noticing the brain fog, as you mentioned, and a decrease in Short-term memory, names, numbers, things that you, you're supposed to get to shops. How much of that is just an acceptable form of aging that you just have to deal with as okay, a human so being I'm that's gonna not going to stay young you forever? Or, or how much can be, can be attributed to like, you can do something about that, but actually you should just age gracefully. <laughs> I mean, I'm, let's, let's take a look at this. From an evolutionary perspective, our lifespan is 48 years. So, Gareth, you're coming. I'm, I'm almost dead. Yeah, exactly. Just... Now, Don't speak think about soon, what might happen. You might be on the show while it happens. <laughs> what we've done through medical engineering, through our lifestyle. doubled that. We've doubled that. Now, if I'm at the end of my evolution, so... We are not changing our genetic makeup. We are not um, engineered to live longer. The, the cells start dying. Mm-hmm. So half of my life is still ahead of me. I cannot be in decline already. And this is what hormone optimization. And when I talk optimization, I to, I'm talking all 50 of the hormones, not just testosterone, not just est- estrogen. All right, but, but things like your thyroid, vitamin D, melatonin, so, oxytocin, all of those, if you can keep them optimal, you slow down that degrading effects of cognitive decline, increased cardiovascular uh, risk, development of diabetes, bone, but muscle. There, but there is, Doc, and I was thinking about our conversation yesterday because I was at lunch with a friend whose birthday it was and someone walked past who I knew. And this guy looks way worse than he should. First of all, very physically fit, but was a bodybuilder type that Simpire referred to earlier. But my God, I don't know what he's been doing to his face. It could be like too much Botox or other shit that he's been doing or who knows. There's something not lacquer there. 
and this guy is not aging well and he's overdoing something. Yeah. And I would rather go into, you know, an acceptance of some things not being as great as they were when I was 20 because that's just sensible. You are not going to be 20 forever. Yeah. I'd love to be, but it's not going to happen. Absolutely. And you can't reverse aging, but you can overdo the processes that some of these people, the lengths that some of these people go to, to stop themselves from aging. You're big obsessed with it. And there's this funny thing that happens. I mean, people say you get wiser as you get older, which is probably true just because of experience. Uh, I, yeah, okay. Well, you, you disagree? It <laughs> I've met lots of old people who are not wise, but I've met a very great many young people who have yet to attain wisdom. Yeah. Okay. So there's something about like walking this path where you try to be as optimized in your language as possible. But that's the word, optimized. But some people don't know where the ceiling is. Then they they overdo whether it's testosterone. Who knows? Because there are a lot of doctors. There are a lot of doctors out there who overdo the testosterone. There are a lot of doctors out there who will – Give Botox out. And I promise you, this guy, he's in his 30s. He's got a face like a 50-year-old. Yeah. So, yeah, Simpiwe, puza face, but he's not drinking. It's Botox and weird so, shit. So, Gareth, where do you put the blame, with the patient or the practitioner? Well, it's both. It's got to be both because… I actually put the blame squarely on the practitioner. No, because some patients will will keep looking for a practitioner… Yes. …until they find so, out they'll do what they want. They will… But I've got, if, I've if got a you friend, if I had a friend who's, he's, he just turned 42 and he had a facelift. What? Isn't that 42? early? It really depends on the reason he had the facelift. If he had excessive skin, mm-hmm. um, you know what? If it was bad. Nothing bad wrong with side. this guy. He's just vain. Well, you know what? Um, allows me to keep resources. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't, listen, this is why I say it's partly the, it's partly the patient because yeah, the patients pa- have body. Remember, yes, the, the, but not, that's a serious consideration. I'm talking about ordinary people who are going through their lives trying to optimize, but they just don't know that optimization also has a ceiling. And when you pass through that ceiling, you're actually doing damage to yourself. So let's look at supplementation, vitamins, minerals. Mm-hmm. Okay. So people think they take this handful of multivitamins and this and this and this and this and this. So with all of those, like you said, there's optimal. Mm. But the rest just goes out as waste. It doesn't. It accumulates and becomes toxic. So, so if, if you take too much zinc, for example. Zinc is a heavy metal. Your body doesn't just filter it out? No. It How much zinc should you take in a week? It really depends on your nutritional state. All these things have effects, they cofactors in enzymatic processes, in hormone systems, etc. etc. Some people will understand this because we talk about this. Isn't this where your week. analogy comes in about um the the racing car and if you change one element you yes. Uh, make sure that oh if you, God, un- you actually do this, <laughs> that you actually do um, monitor everything else. So if your brakes, like how long does it take you to brake? How long? How is it yeah. to to curve? I actually uh, take the curve and all that. So that that's what you're talking about. That if you change one thing, you're actually changing everything. Everything. You rewrite the recipe of an award-winning cake. So think about this. When we in our twenties, we are at our prime. This is where we are most healthy, where everything works as it's supposed to work, where we feel invincible. Now, as we get older, the quality of our ingredients start declining. Now, if we start fiddling not only with the quality, but the quantity, we are rewriting a recipe. And that final cake that comes out of the oven is something completely different. Now, when you start fiddling with hormones, hormone treatments. So I know of so many people that go to their trainers and then they get not only testosterone, but anabolic steroids, which oh, yeah. is a completely different kettle of But we've got to talk about that at but some point. then… You have already. You know what? 
they already they start giving them thyroid hormone. They start giving them glucophage, which works on insulin sensitivity. They start giving them growth hormone, etc., etc. Now you're starting to play with fire. Um, I I I have a pet peeve, and guys, if I offend you, sorry, this is not not really, but I have a pet peeve of um, trainers. That think they know enough about physiology, biology, pathology, pharmacology to give people um, these kinds of prescription medications. I've heard of this. Uh, I mean, luckily, I've only ever had one trainer in my life and it was a she. She was bloody horrible to me, but she got me into shape because I was fat. And she never prescribed a damn thing because she's not a doctor, and she knew that. Well, again, but that's I a rarity. Again, <laughs> walk into Virgin Active, Randburg, or even let's go Alice Lane, um, and what, is there a panhandler at the door? Like, <laughs> what do you want? What do you need? What do you want? Really? Literally. Is that kind of how it works? Literally, I have so many guys that walk in, and. What what they think is they think that they can mislead you. I take one look at your blood tests. You can tell what's going on. And I can tell you when in the past you've used huh. um, what. Because the huh. signs are there. Um, I had a guy come into my office. He is 47. Um, and... We had our first consultation, and when I brought him back to look at his biochemistry a week later, the first question I asked him was, when did you have a shot of testosterone? And he looked at me and he said to me, how did you know? I said to him, because I can see it. Um, it's it's here. I, I had it a year ago. I said to him, really? Okay, it was one hell of a shot of testosterone. What did you take with it? Oh, no, I took some Winstrel. Okay, now it starts making sense. So you take, and this is the important thing, when you asked about surely there must be an age range, yeah. you cannot look at biochemistry on its own. You need to understand the biochemistry, yes, because it's interactive with all the other biochemistry. So you can't just look at testosterone. You have to look at the relationship that it has to its precursors and to what happens after that. The things that affect it, like vitamin D, iron, CoQ10, blah, 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 all of those things. But then you have to take that and you have to marry that with a patient's medical history, diseases that they've had, COVID, tick bite fever, malaria. Diabetes, I'm sure. Um, absolutely. Be a big consideration for Absolutely. Yeah. Because for your insulin and testosterone, insulin growth like factor three, which is basically a growth hormone, all bind to the same receptor. Yeah. They bind to the same receptor. So ah. they will displace one another. Ah. So I can create insulin insensitivity by using testosterone. Right. So you will create a problem. Whereas if you do this responsibly, testosterone decreases the, the, um, incidence and of type two diabetes. So it's an incredibly powerful thing and we'll get into it. We, we're running out of time, but, um, one quick question because I have to squeeze this in and you and I don't talk enough. Is it true? that hair loss is a sign of too much testosterone. Because that's what people say to make bald people feel good. I think that's bullshit. <laughs> I think if you have a good head of hair, it's that's a sign that your body's optimal. And I mean, obviously, some people inherit certain hair loss conditions, which Absolutely. are genetic. It's inherited. Hair loss uh, is genetic. And therefore, it's got nothing to do with testosterone. Hair loss, hair loss so, is genetic. So that myth old way. wives' tale. Hair loss is genetic. Yeah, you bald so, bastards. Um, <laughs> If you like me, you have hair transplants with Dr. Kathy Davies. <laughs> so, You've had those. There are a lot of people going for those. Yeah. So hair loss is genetic and the, the part of your testosterone that plays a role in, in hair loss or androgenic hair loss mm. 
is DHT, which is a more active form of testosterone. So you have testosterone and then testosterone reduces into dihydroxytestosterone. And that can bind to follicles and that can cause them to create hair loss. But you cannot, for instance, look at hair loss without taking a look at what's happening with your thyroid hormone, what's happening no, I mean, with there's, vitamin there's, 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 D and what's happening. There's the story that you know, women can tell if a guy's got a high sex drive because he's got no hair. That's nonsense. No, it's nonsense. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, right. good, you bald bastards. <laughs> so, Defeated that stupid idea. <laughs> Let's look at some of the other signs and symptoms. Um, we Running around spoke- feeling superior. <laughs> Dare they? You've been wanting to get that off your chest. Oh, yeah, I got it out there. <laughs> Suck on that. So, the, the, I'm looking at his toes and they're hairless. <laughs> oh, okay. I so, look like a hobbit. So, you look like a hobbit. Well, is that a, is that a sign of high testosterone or low, doc? You know what? I'm on optimization therapy. You make the, all right. Now, I think the purpose of this also is that I'm kind of an everyman. You you get to sit and talk to people, but you know you're going to get honest answers and questions out of me. If I come to you, if I do this blood test that you gave me five years ago, eventually, I must get a new form because it's probably like hopelessly out of date. They'd throw it out and say, no, this is from the 70s. So if I came and, and did that, we'd sit down, you'd go through the biochemistry like you just explained with this other guy who tried to lie to you about the winstrel and the mm-hmm. testosterone. Then what will happen? Do we do a gradual thing if there is testosterone to be applied to the, the situation? Is it a gradual thing? Is it something that I'll have to do for the rest of my life? Is it a once-off? Um, what are we looking for? What kinds of actual improvement will I be able to experience if I do this? So for me, the biggest effect of testosterone or hormone optimization is on higher function on the brain so those things we spoke about energy memory clarity of thought concentration okay well i'm all for that so we look at treatment in relation to comorbidities so first you know what i treat metabolic disorders so these are the cholesterols the insulins the glucose etc etc we need to optimize cofactors in hormone systems. If we can do that, it's not necessarily necessary for hormone replacement. How do you do it? Injections? <laughs> for me, yes. Okay, let's so, get straight to the – let's cut to the chase here. It's injections. Not, injections. You have other modalities that you can use. In South Africa, mm-hmm. you have testosterone injections in two forms, short-acting, long-acting. Okay. So people will have heard or would have been using Nibido, which is a long-acting testosterone. In my practice, I don't use it because it's too difficult to control the dose and the patient's yo-yo. So I use short-acting testosterone. The problem currently in oh, South Africa When you is say short-acting, how long is that period? Half-life of about 10 days. Okay. 10 to 12 days. Um, the problem is in South Africa, there's no... Why do you no talk about it as a half-life, like it's radioactive? Because it is. Is it radioactive? No. But when you talk about half-life, it's the time that it takes for 50% of the product to be eliminated. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's for half-life. All right, gotcha. Okay. Sorry. But we so, interrupted you. Um, I use short-acting. The problem currently, South Africa does not have a steady supply. There's only... One product that's registered with SARPRA for use, that's Depot Testosterone from Pfizer, and it has been out of stock for more than a year, and it will be out of stock. Oh, my God. Don't say that. No. So, be a um, bunch of in, simps running around. In my practice, <laughs> what we have done is we've anticipated this because we we saw the trend happening and we got one of our compounding pharmacies to bring in equipment under huge cost and bring in raw product which was then registered with a medical control council so you've got the the rest of the world doesn't you are the guy to go to yeah You've, so, got a, you've got a monopoly. <laughs> but the problem is, Gareth, that, again, t- 
testosterone is freely available, and we refer to it all as black market stuff, whether it comes from a reputable pharma, um, pharmaceutical company in India, it's not registered for use in South Africa. It's illegal. Now, the stuff that really is available are stuff that's made in someone's homemade laboratory. Oh, my. Okay, now this worries me. I don't know yep. whether you remember about two, three years ago, HD Labs. Did you hear about that story? Where yeah. the guys that were making the products for HD was doing it in their garage somewhere in Bedford. lie. So that obviously is hugely problematic. That's insanitary. Yes, this is the we problem. Don't know, we don't know what's going into This is the problem it. that we as medical practitioners have with people that are right. using testosterone because they don't know but what doc, they're using. I think if you play silly games, you win silly prizes. If you're going to let your personal trainer inject some crap that he bought from a garage in Benoni into you, then you're going to get the consequences and frankly, you're going to deserve them. You know what? I mean, po- then you should have point, listened to this podcast. At one point, the original product, Depo Testosterone, was cloned so much by black market guys that the only way, without physically testing the testosterone, that they could see that this is not the one that came out of the warehouse, was testing the glue on the labels. Because the glue was different. What? That is ridiculous, so Dr. They, that's quite That's quite impressive. They Shining. managed to get the label to and the bottle to look exactly the same. Okay, so, And the contents, obviously. which contents is different. So you can test for content and you'll say, oh, my God, this is not okay. Pfizer Depot testosterone. But it looks exactly the same. This is not like a bad um, forged forge job. Have people died from yes, this? they have. Because there might be impurities in there, there might be other additives, yeah. there might be things that how, they've... Ask how many bodybuilders developed abscesses on their asses. If you walk in a locker room, you will see a couple of the big guys with cuts on, on their butts. Why? Because they used something and it created an abscess. Oh. It creates a tissue reaction. You can react to the oil. And this is what people need to understand. Um, Testosterone is in an oil base. If you inject that oil, if you don't know what you're doing and you inject that oil into a vessel. Oh my God. I mean, you're going to have an embolus. Of, of course. And, and, and that can be fake. We're water based creatures. Oil and water don't mix. You've got major, major problems there. Now you have these guys that go onto YouTube and they uh, are proponents of injecting testosterone in Small quantities weekly into, or t- twice a week or even daily into subcutaneous fat. This is a product that's specifically formulated for deep intramuscular injection. So people do play around with it. Some said we should wrap up. So I want to wrap up with this. Gareth, testosterone and hormone optimization is incredibly powerful and it's life-changing when you get it right. If we look at conditions like preventing cardiovascular disease, again, if it's done right, preventing the formation of type 2 diabetes, these new studies that show combining testosterone with things like your statins or with metformin, not only does it protect against cardiovascular disease, but can protect against aggressive prostate cancer, mm-hmm. bone health, muscle. Um, it helps protect against Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia, a cognitive decline. It helps us function optimally in the boardroom, bedroom, and on the sports field. But the message that I want to bring across is use this in conjunction with a medical practitioner that specializes in hormone optimization for therapy. Because if you use it on its own, you create problems. You rewrite the recipe and ultimately that leads to failure to launch. I learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, hell, that was fascinating. Sure. 
before we wrap up, any questions from your side? Is there a benefit to doing it before there's a problem? I mean, if you go through some of the questions that you asked earlier, I'm fairly happy with my levels and I don't feel there are any changes or I'm not as good at X, Y, and Z as I might have been. I mean, there are some questions around like, you know, clarity of mind and focus, but I've always had an ADHD kind of focus, so it's been all over the place. Is there any benefit to doing this as a preventative measure? I would, I would say not necessarily hormone optimization, but optimization of a system. So here we can look at cofactors, um, optimal nutrition, optimal, uh, activity. I'm all for that. So you can keep these things. Think about um, people who live a a healthy lifestyle. And here I want to exclude your elite athletes, uh, especially because they break down. They're in catabolic states the whole time. Um, Manage the condition. Manage your stress effectively. We spoke about this um, a couple of times from Peewee. We've spoken about optimal nutrition. We've spoke, mm. spoken about optimal sleep. That's most probably the biggest, biggest thing that you can do is sleep. Um, one of the big signs of sleep apnea is changes in libido and erectile function. Mm. So there's, there's a lot that we can do about this. Hmm. Great stuff. Okay. So, um, Gareth. Thank you for um, being co-host into coming onto the show. wasn't a um, wasn't a pain. It wasn't it wasn't a duty. Um, it it was a great pleasure to have you. Um, next week we will be finishing our series on men's health and wellness. I know that it's the first of December, but we'll be finishing it with uh, another um, hard look at erectile functioning. Well, we so, should have listened. <laughs> um, he has to listen. She didn't even know there were such things as quality erections. Did not. Oh, so, um, we'll be, we'll be talking about erectile function and sexual dysfunction in men specifically. So join us next week. Um, from my, my part, thank you very much for uh, being here. And, um, you know what? Enjoy the last couple of weeks. It's almost holiday. Mm-hmm. That was the Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Tea Clinic.